With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Let's get to two things. I want to uh, direct everybody over to Horns 24-7. There is so much content up on the site right now. Don't even know what to do with myself. So plenty of stuff from the uh, Texas Bash pool party yesterday, the recruiting event. Yeah. A lot of elite 2025, 2026 recruits on campus yesterday. Hank South of Jordan Scruggs were all over it. Still got some. We updated our class of 2025 rankings at 24-7 Sports on Wednesday, so you can get some of that. And uh, we're getting to position previews, really getting you primed up for camp with not just the preview stuff, but also some last-minute nuggets. And, Craig, there are two that I want to talk about right now. Uh, this is uh, as the uh, the person who has to make such decisions. I decided, you know what, these two nuggets are so good, I don't want them to be a part of the regular insider. I just want to pull them out and let them stand on their own. So the first nugget is uh, we should know, and we reported this yesterday morning, early yesterday morning on Horns 24-7, uh, we should know in the next five days if Gary Patterson's going to be back in some capacity with the Texas football program. Now, he did step away from the special assistant role in February because mm-hmm. he wanted, wanted more family time, time with the grandkids, and he's talked a lot about that. But remember this quote he he told he told this to Chip Brown when he decided made the decision to step back about hey you know and, and the question was posed Chip posed the question to him okay what what if you know you get to you know mid to late July and that you know that itch needs to be scratched right said quote if I'm bored come August maybe I'll see if Sark will have me back well there's no question that Sark would have Gary Patterson back it's just in what role so we're almost to August so. Maybe he's got that itch that needs to be scratched. When you heard that quote or heard about that quote from Chip or read that quote back in February, uh huh. Did you think that that should be taken seriously? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. Gary Patterson, Craig, you've known him long enough. Yeah. Everybody that's been around him or known people that know him, that's just that's what he's a football coach. Mm-hmm. I know he's got a lot of interest outside of football, but that's you get that feeling, and, and when you're away from it. That's probably the, the the first real time you really miss it is when it's time to you know, you're getting ready. You're probably right now he'd probably be doing a staff retreat with the players going right before they get back before reporting day and you know, next week's that first practice. So this is probably the time where he's really feeling like he's chomping at the bit to get back on the practice field. So we'll we'll see what happens. But the door has always been open yeah. for GP. And as a matter of fact, I showed up for an availability one day. This was in spring practice and. I'll park in the parking lot there in front of Moncrief, mm-hmm. which you got to have a pass to park there. I don't know how I got that pass, but you know, I digress. But I park, and I'm waiting for the availability to start, and pulling up right next to me in the parking lot was Gary Patterson. He was just coming off the practice field. Wasn't dressed in any coaching gear, just decided to stop by and holler at everybody and watch spring practice. So he's been around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still in contact with Sark, and he and Sark, from everything I heard, they had a great working relationship. Mm-hmm. Everything was fine on that front. So it was a fit. It benefited, I think, all parties, and we'll see if maybe they can get back together this fall. And and now you think about, if he does, you think about the brain power mm-hmm. among the special assistants when you talk about Jody Camillus, Paul Christ, Pyam Sadat, and if you add Gary Patterson into that mix, 
that's you're talking about an elite staff of mm-hmm. staffers. I don't know where I was going with that, but an elite right, group right. of staffers. You can put it on; it's on par with what anybody else in the country would have, including sure. what Nick Saban has sure. uh, in his staff room. So we'll see. We should know here pretty soon whether Gary Patterson will be back in the fold. But Craig. Any any other thoughts on that, Craig? No, I, I think you. Okay, yeah. Uh, Specs text line three three seven three seven seven six. If you want any, you know, to chime in on on the Gary Patterson situation. But this quote, yeah, everybody ate up the Quinn Ewers John Wick quote at Big Twelve Media Days. Right. This off season nugget that we reported yesterday, I think, is the most significant Quinn Ewers development of the off season, and I think gives you a glimpse into where the leadership aspect at the most important position on the field is going. So last Thursday, a week a week ago yesterday, after two hours of working out in the heat, the high, by the way, was 106 that day mm. in our fair berg, uh, Tory Becton had the team do 10 Longhorn shuttles, their shuttle runs designed by Coach Becton. It's considered the toughest way to finish a workout. Everybody's done gassers or whatever. Yeah, right. You know, that's the projectile vomiting portion of conditioning. But usually. those end-of-practice shuttles. Yes. After finishing, the, this is according to a source, after finishing the 10 shuttle runs, Quinn Ewers looks at Tory Becton and allegedly says, Coach, we've got 12 games. How about two more? And according to a team source, after two hours of working out in the heat, no one groaned, no one complained. The whole team did two more Longhorn shuttles at the request of QB1. Mm-hmm. When you get to that point, at that position, that shows you've got the respect of the locker room, you're getting comfortable in leading the way you feel com- you need to lead. Not everybody can be Sam Ellinger. Not everybody can lead the way Colt McCoy did or the way Vince Young did. And all three of those guys led differently. Mm-hmm. And the way Quinn leads is going to be different. And it seems like this is his way of stepping up and, and showing his former leadership. I, I love it, Craig. I love this development because it shows you. I think we've all been under the impression, and everybody's gone, whether it's Sark, Quinn, or teammates, or whoever, has gone on the record since they got back in January saying, hey, Quinn's taking this more seriously. He's really diving into it. He's owning it. And I think that quote right there shows you, that little nugget shows you that, yes, maybe he's ready to take a step in terms of his leadership, his Mm -hmm. presence. And if that happens, we know the talent and the tools are there for him to be as good as any quarterback in this league. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Okay. Um, I, I I was curious to get your thoughts uh, about the announcement of Colorado headed back to the Big Twelve, and and what this what this means not only for the Big Twelve but for other leagues as the dominoes continue. To what I'm upset about is I, I I missed out on a trip to Boulder. My first year <sighs> co- my first year covering the league uh, was 2011. Oh. Colorado was out by that point. I mean, covering it to where I was covering Texas, I covered Baylor before, but I wasn't making road trips yeah. when I covered Baylor. Uh, so I miss Colorado and now I'm, I'm going to miss them coming back because Texas is going to the SEC. I, I think it's good for Colorado because it gives them at least, uh, you know, everybody recruits in Texas, but I think it gives recruits in the state of Texas a little more familiarity with Colorado. No, mm-hmm. Dion, the Dion hire alone has done that, but it, I don't know if I said this on this show, Craig, or I said this to you in passing. I know I said it to some colleagues. It's really hard to convince a, a kid who's a senior in high school now. The, the school I always use as a prime example is Nebraska. Like, no, there was a time where Nebraska was the, the best program in the country. It was an it bar program, none. yeah. And there was a time, kids, believe it or not, where Colorado was year in and year out competing for national championships. 
under Bill McCartney. And he had Texas kids like Canavis McGee and Andre Girard and several of those other guys. Yeah. That that yeah. that came from the state of Texas and went to Colorado. Yeah, and uh, it, there was a really really good pro- Andre Gerard was a North Shore yeah. kid. Yep, uh, really really good program under Bill McCartney, even under Rick Neuheisel and early under Gary Barnett, and it just it fell off a cliff. And they haven't really been uh, other than that maybe that one Mike McIntyre year. They really haven't been able to get it back. Um, so I, th- I think it'll help them having that association now with the state of Texas that you're going to have in the Big 12. They never it never really felt like they had a natural rivalry in the Pac-12, and maybe they still don't, but at least you know, if they when they when they play a, a Kansas or a Kansas State, mm-hmm. even an Iowa State, at least there's some familiarity there with that fan base. And okay, we've been to Lawrence, we've been to Manhattan, we've been to Ames, we've, we've been to Stillwater and some of these other places like you know the lay of the land a little bit better. Uh, I, I will also say this, because I remember this so vividly back in the, the time and in knowing a lot of folks uh, with a lot of different athletic programs in the Big 12, including Colorado. The first move was made to the Pac-12 out of basically one reason, money. The athletic department was practically broke yeah. when it left. And they were chasing the money, and they had to get some instant cash. Uh, and and the Pac-12 had a better TV deal at the time than the Big 12. Big 12, they just rev- did. Big 12 revenues in 2010, yeah. 2009 were not anywhere in the stratosphere with what they are now. No, and they weren't that close to the Pac-12, and that's why they left and went over there. Now, uh, there is a financial consideration, clearly, but it's more about how the Pac-12 is just starting to disintegrate mm-hmm. and yeah. and uh about the 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 visibility for Colorado and the Big 12 increases greatly as a result of that and like you said the, the recruiting footprint it can be reestablished mm-hmm. especially with 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 Dion being uh, the coach there now so i think uh, there were a couple of different reasons that the when they left the first time it was all about money they needed cash I mean, they needed J.G. Wentworth. They needed cash now. It was that, um, that kind of thing. When you're going to a new conference and you need cash now. It was that kind of. So they had they had to do that, but then they came back for slightly different reasons. All of the money certainly yeah. factors in. So I think, it's, I think it's good for Colorado. I think it's good for the Big 12. Do you get a state school? It's got some brand recognition. The Dion factor, I know, is uh, probably – that might be the biggest reason why Brett Yormark like Colorado. Let's not – sweep that under the rug or show right. it aside like it's not a big deal. But I think for the Pac-12, it just kind of feels like Crow's picking at the carcass now. I mean, you pull USC and UCLA away from them, and now you pull Colorado. Even though Colorado wasn't you know, a Pac-8 member, they weren't a charter member of that league, now you pull them away from that, and you, know, you got nine teams left, and you just wonder, like, okay, is, what is everybody waiting on? What is this TV deal going to look like now? And, I, I, I've you know, you hear the rumors that maybe Oregon and, and Washington are just kind of Waiting to see if the that's Big the Ten next, expands. That's the next big shoe to drop. Do I, they go to the Big Ten? And if the Big Ten doesn't pursue them, Jeff, the Big Twelve will. Yeah, yeah. And and how big does the Big Twelve get? Yeah. You now, do they get to? Do they get one more to stay at fourteen? Do they go to? Do they get a couple more and go to sixteen? Uh, we'll see. But you know, we, we kind of figured, even back, even go back to. 2009, 2010, when all the realignment stuff really started, mm-hmm. we were everybody was under the impression, I think, that at the end of this deal, they're going to be like four, the Power Five, there's going to be four super conferences that exist after all this is said and done. Well, mm-hmm. the Big Ten is at 16 now. The ACC's been at 16. The SEC will be at 16 next year. And 
It's either, okay, the Big 12 or the Pac-12, who's going to survive? And it's looking like the Big 12 is on track to surviving. After after everything this league has been through, mm-hmm. it looks like the Big 12 is going to be the one that survives. It's amazing what strong leadership can do Yeah, for, for a league. Somebody said, uh, Craig, Colorado left because of 70-3. to three. <laughs> It took him five years. No, Gary Barnett. That, well, that got Gary Barnett fired. But. Yeah, yeah. That, that, Joel Klatt might agree with you. He, you know, he and Drew Kelson probably won't go bowling Joel, together. Joel Klatt remembers seventy to three, but does he really remember yeah. seventy to three? Does he remember Drew Kelson uh, taking him out like that? So, uh, so anyway. Joel. Jo, uh, it's funny to hear Joel talk about that, and he still laughs. That was just the fastest, most athletic defense he faced in his time. As a college quarterback, I'm like, well, yeah. You look at that 05 defense. Aaron Ross won the Thorpe Award next year. Didn't even start in 05. That's right. Tony Hills was an NFL draft pick as an offensive lineman. Did not start that year. Yeah. Backed up Jonathan Scott. That's right. That's right. Insane amount of talent on that championship. Non-degenerate Spurs fan asks, was Andre Girard the one who got kicked in the head by Albert Hainsworth? Yes, he was. Actually, let's let's rephrase that. Got his head stomped by by Albert Hainsworth. He said, or am I misremembering? No, you're not misremembering. (laughs) That did that really happen. I remember I, I, I was watching that game. I remember a VY getting into the game against the Cowboys. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, get some VY action. And that was yeah. quickly overshadowed by Albert Hainsworth doing yep. Albert Hainsworth things. Yep. yep. No no doubt about that. Uh, on the deal about uh, doing stupid stuff with your siblings or them enticing you to do stupid stuff, there's a guy who says, my little brother and I have been daring each other to do many things that surprisingly we never died but I remember one day we were sitting in my uncle's old Cadillac in his backyard. I had seen my uncle use his cigarette lighter many times, but that day I dared my little brother to take the lighter and push it on his arm. He didn't want to chicken out, so he pushed it in, and once it popped out bright orange, he pushed it into his arm and started yelling like crazy. Till this day, he has that circle scar, and I remember the whooping <laughs> my dad gave me for daring him to do this. See, that's a perfect example of stupid stuff that, that you did or were coerced or or talked into or forced to do by a sibling and then there's one other here before we get to the break when we were hanging at when we were high school age my older sister my friend and i were hanging out on a roof after smoking a bowl <laughs> okay all right i was shooting Hard to like where this is headed i was shooting targets with my paintball gun and i was dumb enough to hand it to my sister who was known for using me as her punching bag She instantly started shooting at us with her evil laugh, and I ended up jumping off the roof and rolled my ankle. Luckily, it was only about an eight-foot drop. Perfect example. Glorious. That's what we're talking about there. Man, how how do these these uh, you know shop and shop and shop on TV ads? If I'm I don't know what I'm trying to say. The ass scene on TV stuff. Like these knives look like the greatest knives ever. Yeah. How is it like? You can get all this for twenty nine (laughs) ninety five. Uh, uh, I mean, that's cut, that's cutting that pineapple. Look at it, just slice through that chicken. Um, our man CB says, Jeff, that was Vince Young's first career start. Oh, was it really? Yeah. That's why I don't remember it that well, because all I remember yeah. from that game is yeah. Andre Girard getting his head stomped. Yeah, there you go. Uh, T-Bone says, when I was about 14, my younger brother was six, he let me shave lines into the side of his head. The parents weren't too happy to see that. And youngest of three boys, as a kid growing up in West, we've all been through West on I-35, me and my two older brothers play hide-and-seek. The only catch was we all had BB guns. I like legalize it just chimes in. Who's smoking? Yeah. <laughs> when I was five, my friend and I jumped off the garage roof with umbrellas. 
Could have been a lot worse. We just skinned ourselves up a little. That's that's what I'm talking about. The stuff that you know back in the day that we did legalize uh, it. Here's here's a here's a story about the stick. It's like my dog. Anytime the word treat gets uttered in the house, yeah. Oh, I know. Mine is the same way. Linda has the the dog now to where she understands what treat is. <laughs> uh, all right, coming up, we have inconceivable. Jack, you know you know what inconceivable means on Friday, don't you? Is that Florida Man Friday? It is. Placidity will be prevalent in the studio for the final time. And I I'm th- John in the I don't remember if it was John in the Bay or Jim in Lago Vista gave uh, gave us this idea, and I went ahead and did it, and I've got a doozy. Okay, basically go to Google, enter Florida Man in your birthday. And find the most wheels-off story you can find. Wow, I like that. And boy, did I find a doozy. Okay. Okay. How about that for a teaser? That's up next when we continue to light the tower on the horn, 1049-1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.